Don't nobody believe nothing these days, which is why I haven't told nobody the story I'm about to tell you. And truth is, you probably ain't going to believe it either, going to think I'm lying or losing it, but I'm telling you, this story is true. It happened to me. Really. It did. It so did. Welcome to your shelf. Or mine. I'm Becky Standall, Youth Services Librarian at the Longview Public Library. And I'm Austin Brigden, Administrative Assistant here at the Longview Public Library. Welcome to our second podcast, episode of 2022. Today we'll be discussing the work of Jason Reynolds. Yeah. Do you want to do any library updates before we get started? Yeah, I think we probably should. All right. What do you have to say about that? Well, if you haven't read the February newsletter, you might not know that we have a new interim library director, Keith Larson. He's a Wisconsinite, very nice gentleman. Uh, if you see him in the library, say hello. Also very, very pleased to announce that the permanent director position is posted, as well as two other vacant positions. So we're going to be getting some new faces around the library. Yeah. And as our staffing increases, we'll be able to bring back programs that we haven't been able to have for several years now. Um, We'll be able to expand our hours and really push forward on some of these projects we've been working on, like the mobile library. Yeah. Uh, So we're really excited about, about getting some new blood in the library. Yes. Yes. I think it's going to be a very exciting year. Mm -hmm. What else? Our packet programs for um, preschool and all ages crafts are flying off the shelves. Um, We have a new pre-K packet every Monday or whatever the first day of the week is. If there's a Monday holiday, it'll be Tuesday. And a new all ages craft every other week. And those go through spring break, which is, I believe, the second week of April. Yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. Anything else? Do we have any updates uh, on our winter reading t-shirts? I know I've I've been asked. So our winter reading t-shirts are being printed. I will be sending out like a mass email to everybody who who finished the winter reading program and letting them know when they're here and ready to pick up. And we did have winners for um, like grand prize winners for our winter reading program. And their prizes will be done by the end of February, um, but they're not done yet. Okay. That's my update on winter reading. The shirts are very cool. They say, I heart my library, but the heart is inside of a cupola that's like the library's cupola. So they're very personalized too, but in like a, in the no kind of way. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Also, there's been some rearrangements up on the main floor. Uh, if you're coming in, you'll find that the new books and the staff picks have moved to the, the beautiful 1926 part of the building up front where the small business and EGIC used to live. We've got lots of space there to expand, which is good because we are bringing in lots of great new titles. 
Uh, you'll also find that the Civics Collection, which currently has a, a Black History Month display, and the Spanish Collection have also moved. And we've got more table space and more outlets. To plug your computers into. Yes. By popular demand. <laughs> Electricity by popular demand. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So for February, I picked Jason Reynolds. And he is one of my favorite contemporary writers, writers writing right now. He writes books for teens and kids and writes in verse and in prose. He is also the current ambassador of children's literature. How old is this guy? Oh, he's like young. Because like he's done a lot. He has done a lot. And won a lot. Mm-hmm. So the National Ambassador for Young People's Literature is that official title. And that is a title like it's appointed by the Library of Congress, the Children's Book Council, and every child a reader. And the role of the person in that position is to get youth excited about reading. And so he's in his third year of doing that. And I think um, that this third year is a little unprecedented. No one else has done a third year before. Um, but I think they've done that for a couple of reasons. And one is that he's really good at it. Um, and the other is that he had these initiatives that he wanted to tour around the country. He wasn't able to do because of the pandemic. So they're giving him some extra time to do that. Uh, so this position, it's a little bit like, like the poet laureate. Yeah. Okay. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he like speaks to media about youth literature. He tours um, schools. He... Um, I think he in particular does a lot of outreach to like juvenile detention centers and he is also really like promotes youth writing themselves too. So both the reading and uh, the writing. He also um, is very active like on social media and he invented this card game called brain yoga over the, I think it was over for the pandemic, um, but it was something that he was doing on his Instagram and he would do it live and so kids would come onto the Instagram live with him and they would do brain yoga and he'd have like a little prompt and they'd like like have like, like a little creative back and forth mm. anyways it was really cool wow and yes he is very young I think he's like in his early 30s maybe I don't know for sure wow I have been his his first novel was called When I Was the Greatest, and that was the first one of his that I read, and it got a lot of attention when it was published. I think it won the Coretta Scott King John Stepto Award for New Talent, which is um, an ALA Youth Media Award, and he's like won, I think, every award um, or an honor for almost every award kind of since that book, um, but today I think we'll be mostly talking about Long Way Down, which was his, I think, my favorite one that he's done, All-American Boys, Ghost, and um, some of his newer stuff. So before before we get into these texts themselves, I wanted to say something about this guy being real cool with the uh, jacket copy. <laughs> so, I mean, real unconventional jacket copy, and uh, Long Way Down, I think, had a really good one. He tailors all his like jacket bios to to the um 
book he's writing them for. So, Becky, would you just read, like, usually the real creative part is, like, the beginning. Mm-hmm. So um, his jacket bio for Long Way Down says, Jason Reynolds is crazy about stories. Jason Reynolds is also tired of being around young people who are tired of feeling invisible. So he writes books, a bunch of books, and has even won some awards, but none of them are as important as a young person saying they feel seen. The more that happens, the less tired Jason is. But either way, he'll still be crazy about stories about you. That one, that's maybe the best one I've read. That is an amazing jacket copy. Uh, This one's a little less uh, iconic, (laughs) but uh, this one, it says, this is the one for Ghost. It says, Jason Reynolds is crazy about stories. If you ever want to know what a perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich tastes like, he's your guy. And if you ever want to know what the worst selfie in the world looks like, he's still your guy. So he'll trade you a sandwich for a selfie lesson. And maybe, just maybe, he'll even throw a story or two in there. He's already written a bunch. (laughs) Yeah, he's very cool. I think, like, his house has been featured in, like, design magazines and stuff, too. He's, like, he's very cool. He's a renaissance man. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And he has done just, like, a couple of adult things. I know he has a story in this new adult book of stories called Anonymous Sex. And they, it's a, it's a collection of stories by like famous authors, um, but each story, like you know all the contributors, but you don't know who wrote which story. And I read a review of that book. Um, it has a very catching title, but it's like, don't let it be <laughs> fool you. They're not like erotic stories. And they're also fictional stories. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's not a, it's not an anthology of essays. It's not a tell-all. Do you want to begin with Long Way Down? Sure. Let's begin with Long Way Down. I've been trying to get Austin to read Long Way Down ever since I've known him. Yeah. And I uh, started this podcast knowing that after a few years I'd be able to get him to read the book. That's just, that's a joke. But you finally read it, and? It's good. It's a It's a fast read. It's very propulsive. It's in verse, and it's set up around this cons- sort of conceit of an elevator ride and the eight floors, eight floors of this building. Six, seven floors. Is it seven floors? That's what it says. Maybe he starts on the eighth floor. I can't remember. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, so the main character's name is Will, and he is a middle schooler who's young, and his older brother has been killed recently in like an incidence of gun violence in his community. And he has this code that he believes he needs to live by which is to get revenge don't cry yeah don't cry there's three there's three rules that were imparted to him by his brother and he says his brother his father you know Mm -hmm. the first rule is crying don't no matter what the second rule is snitching don't no matter what and the third rule is revenge do no matter what yeah yeah, it's a really interesting, like I said, it's a verse novel. It moves really fast. And I'm getting this feeling about everything I've I've read so far, Jason Reynolds. There's sort of a deceptively simple thing going on. He's very, he's very it feels very conversational. It feels very voice in your ear. And, you know, these, this verse novel feels that way. Short lines, very rapid. But the more you read, the, you, you realize he's up to a lot. 
and it's very witty and it's very without ever losing the authenticity of this child's voice. So, so yeah, Will is going to get revenge. We don't worry about spoilers on this podcast, nope. I guess. Mm-mm. So, you know, go for it. Go for it. You know, his brother's been killed. He's going to get revenge. He gets his brother's gun and he's heading he's heading down through this building. And it's at that point once he's in the elevator that the story sort of departs the like realist realm mm-hmm. and some different things start to happen. It has you know, I'll say this is kind of funny, but there's a little bit of a, a Christmas Carol vibe mm-hmm. uh, in a certain way. Like all of these people, some of them from his past, some of them not necessarily though, and they don't come necessarily in the form he last knew them, but different people who've been the victims of violence and the perpetrators of violence enter the elevator at each floor and sort of talk to him. And over the course of that ride, have an effect on him and have an effect on us as readers. Yeah, so he has a new person gets on the elevator at each floor and he has to decide by the time he gets to the bottom floor, you know, what his choice is going to be. And the book really explores kind of like this, the cycle of gun violence. Um, He talks about a friend, I believe, who was killed young, very young. Yeah. And like a random, like a... Like a stray bullet. mm -hmm. And then... um, he learns things too, I think, through that about he, his family. He does. He, I think he, he, yeah. So, so different people get on. You know, a friend of his brother's, that girl he knew as a child who was killed by sort of stray bullet. Uh, you know, I think a, an uncle, his father, ultimately his brother, a bunch of different people. And I think he learns. You know, in the beginning, there's these three rules, and there's this very straightforward idea this kind of mythologized idea of violence and as he goes down i think the mythology starts to break down because he's seeing the consequences and also these people are revealing to him things that he didn't realize Mm -hmm. about mistakes that were made and and sort of you know the wrong person got shot and then a person got shot in revenge for the wrong person and the sort of senselessness Mm -hmm. you know i think he had it all built up in his mind as a kind of like noble thing Mm -hmm. and through these conversations he realizes that it 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 was not that at all Mm -hmm. and and then there's the tension too that if he goes through with this uh act of revenge then of course someone else will be required to kill him as an act of revenge for who he kills yes um and here's a question for you um, did you find the ending ambiguous or clear? Mm, hand me the book. Um, the first time I read this book, and it's also a graphic novel. The graphic novel came out, um, gosh, I think in 2020, and it is also very good. I think actually the text, like the text, the words, are the same or almost the same, um, and it's just formatted as a graphic novel with these really great like watercolor illustrations. And I think the first time I read it, I thought the ending was um, one thing. And then I talked about this book with my book club and someone else was like, had this different idea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. So other times I've read it, I can see that too. I think it's ambiguous. So in my mind, I thought he comes down to the end and you don't know what he's going to do. Yes. But other people have read it so that at the end, 
you think he's been a ghost the whole time himself. I don't know. Or that he's like the last person on the elevator. Like, you know, mm. his his own ghost. Like it's already been done. I don't know. I don't know. That's a real interesting read. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I buy it. Um I think it's ambiguous. I think even you know, the fact that people could come to such different readings is is part of the the charm of the ending. It's part of the, the power of the ending. And I think that's really common to thing in poetry, you know, in verse, is those sort of ambiguities. So I I sort of thought of it in sort of the vein of other things I've read where it's sort of like it builds, it builds, it builds to this moment. And then you don't see the moment, mm-hmm. you know. You're left not sure. Uh, that's how I read it, but you're not sure what decision he's going to make. And that's what I sort of thought the ghosts are asking mm-hmm. and have been asking the whole ride down. So it's like decision point, but you don't get to know. Yeah. But yeah, that's an interesting thought too. I think though that if he's a ghost the whole time, the book isn't as powerful because that's the stakes. Mm-hmm. The stakes are, you know, if he's not alive, that that would potentially be kind of a clever twist but those are if he's not alive what are the stakes Mm -hmm. it's over yeah so i'm not buying it okay um i thought that was an interesting read and it was a really good book to talk about in a book club and i think a lot um a really good book to talk about with students and the thing and about that book and i actually think all of jason reynolds books is so he started out his first couple of novels were young adult and gosh i don't remember the story i think there was somebody who told him he should write for younger audience. And so he wrote some middle grade books um, and kids love those ones too. And I think now he's the one going around telling teen authors to write for middle grade. <laughs> but his books have like a, like you said, kind of like a deceptive simplicity to them, which I think makes them fit in really well in like school curriculum. And so Long Way Down won um, a Newbery Honor, which is the, Uh, ALA award for best children's writing best children's book published you know in a year by an American author and it also won a Prince Honor book which is the award for a teen book so the committees on that year and I think those are good decisions you know decided it was readable by kids you know younger than it transcends those age distinctions and older yeah it works really well. And I was thinking when I was reading All American Boys that that book does that too, where it's it's an extremely like important topic. He doesn't, he and his co-author on that one don't shy away from like hard conversations or realizations about things. They don't like pull their punches in any way. But at the same time, it's really accessible to younger. Yes. I was going to say it's very, appro- his voice yeah. and stuff is very approachable mm-hmm. and very... It's not a good term for this, like voicey. You know what I mean? Like some writing is more <laughs> uh-huh. like it's it's a very voice driven prose. Um, and yeah, no, that's interesting about, you know, sort of transcending the age stuff. And these are not similar writers exactly, but it makes me think about Tony Early, who I know you've read, mm-hmm. um, talks a lot about is kind of fascinated by children's writing and writing that transcends age and is sort of like deceptively simple. So he has a novel called Jim the Boy, 
which he wrote kind of thinking about E.B. White, who also wrote sort of mm -hmm. like deceptively simple work that is read by children and adults. So it's just, there's a long tradition, I think, proud tradition in American letters of that as a goal. Yeah, and I think you didn't read at this time, but when the publisher was planning like a, a young person's version of, of Ibram Kendi's book stamp from the beginning, they approached Jason Reynolds and asked him to do it. And he said, uh, no, <laughs> I don't know how to like rewrite a nonfiction book for kids. I'm a novelist and a poet. And they convinced him to do it. And he talked about like the first draft he did was very just like, like an abridgment and he was not happy with the work he was doing. And I think it was his editor. Someone was like, this isn't what we want you to do. We want you to translate the ideas in this book for a younger audience. And that like clicked and made sense with him. And what he did was what you're talking about was he put it in his voice. And I listened to the audiobook of that, which he reads. And it's very like, kids, let me tell you, like, we're going to talk about this topic it's real hard and there's like pauses in his narration where it's like take a moment and does he read his own his own work he he does um he did stamped he has a long poem called for everyone and he read the audiobook for that but um, most of his audiobooks are not read by him but they are all read by the same actor whose name i don't remember okay okay but he read um, Stamped, and he's very good at it. And it did feel very much like, like an older brother type of, like, telling you history and stuff. Yeah. It was interesting for me. So first thing I read for this month was that Long Way Down, quick, intense, uh, really leaves you with something. Um, and then the next book I read was Ghost, which is very different, mm -hmm. very different, but, but similar. Like I said, it has the same sort of voice-driven... Uh, momentum and conversational it's uh part of this track series he did and more of a middle grade mm -hmm. but i got swept up in it at first i was kind of like i don't know what's this gonna be after this uh -huh. after long way down i thought is this gonna be kind of light is it you know is it gonna grab me and it really really did it follows a kid named castle cranshaw has kind of a rough time lives sort of like in a big you know like projects and lives with his mom. His mom works very hard as like a lunch lady. And his, they had run away from his father, who very violent. And, and ultimately, everything came to a head. And he uh, tried to kill them and is in jail. And uh, Ghost is his nickname that he gave himself, <laughs> which I thought was charming. It's funny. It's funny, but not with any lack of like real gravi gravity, too, of some of the what's going on. And by certain points I was on the edge of my seat I was on the edge of my seat and, and it's also populated by such a fun sort of cast of characters there's um this little so he has his like little routine he does he like goes and he uh, he goes to this like I don't know like a little kind of like a minute mark kind of store there's this old man who's white I think like a white James Brown he says <laughs> and he can't hear but they have this little routine where he buys sunflower seeds um, just sort of wanted part of his signature, his whole thing. And he like goes to the bus stop that's directly across from this gym and he watches people like run in ag, you know, in their agonized faces as they run on, uh, you know, elliptical or stair climbers or whatever. So he's this funny kid. 
gets in a lot of trouble in school and kind of just happens upon a track practice and uh, convinces them to let him like run a heat against this really fast kind of the favorite for sprinting and he beats him in his like rolled up pants and <laughs> little sneakers so like yeah so, so mr james i think the the store owner is really cool coach the coach is really cool there's a certain point in the story where he he does something bad <laughs> yeah. he he's um you know He's out feeling, of out of maybe the pressure. out of maybe understandable reasons, but he, mm-hmm. he does something. He steals some some shoes, and he gets a lot of adulation for these shoes. <laughs> and you kind of think he's going to get away with it, but you you know, there's real suspenseful. And then you know, there's this point in the book where um, they're going to get all their uniforms. Coach is bringing the uniforms, and these are real nice uniforms. And he hands them all out, and there's not one for him. And he's like, here, take this piece of paper. And it's a photo of him shoplifting the shoes. And you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. What's going to happen? And this. Now, there's not really any doubt about the ending of this book. It is a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's like, oh, the big race, the big race, the big race on, your, on the starting block. The end. <laughs> and I was like, really? There's three other books. Apparently. And he follows, it sounds like a different team member. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of guessing. I kind of have this feeling about who he's going to follow. Mm-hmm. I bet he's going to follow the albino kid. I bet he's going to follow the girl who's adopted by a white family. I'm just guessing mm-hmm. based on these uh, characters. Yeah. So he followed Ghost with Patina and then Sunny and then Lou. Okay. I got it right. I missed Sunny. I missed Sunny. <laughs> But it's really good. Yeah, and that one has like a nice through line to the story about him like finding these kind of father figures where his, you know, biological father was a monster. And yeah, Jason Reynolds is really good at like balancing like hard stuff that kids actually go through with humor and lightness. And, and charming. Yeah. Like the, the there's a lot in there that's just sort of charming. And it's like I said, real, it feels light at first and, 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 and simple, mm-hmm. but it's got all the elegance and sort of craft of a much bigger or more adult novel Mm -hmm. i think about some of the scenes there's this scene that's just so tender where coach takes the new track members out to chinese food he has them all order whatever you want oh my god everybody's gonna get peking duck you know (laughs) and uh they get their food and he takes snatches up all the chopsticks and the, the utensils and it's like everybody has to like say something that nobody else knows about them as a bonding thing and the things these kids say. And then, of course, Ghost takes the cake, right? He's like, oh, yeah, my father didn't try to kill me. And then everybody's like, oh, no. But it's such a tender, mm-hmm. tender moment. And it's filled with those. When Coach comes to get him, you know, he's got that, al- he has an altercation. That's what they call him. He has altercations at school. And he's really misunderstood, kind of. Mm-hmm. And instead of calling his mom, who he, he doesn't want to get kicked off the track team. He calls the coach, who's a cab driver <laughs> during the day, and tells the principal that it's his uncle, and coach plays along. You don't know. That's another suspense point. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this book's going to end before it starts. <laughs> no, just very thoroughly charming. Mm-hmm. Very thoroughly charming. Do you think you want to read the other ones? You know, I just might. I mean, he's set up. I can see it happening. Mm-hmm. There were some points in this book where I was like, oh, that sentence is a setup for the next book. <laughs> 
these characters are just too interesting. Yeah. Too interesting not to get their own story. So do you want to talk? You read. So I read All American Boys, which is funny. So I read Jason Reynolds' first two novels. And then this was his, uh, I think his third book. And it's just, I feel like the one that really put him on the map. And I didn't read it for years and years. I've done that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I already know about Jason Reynolds. I don't need to read this book. It is called All American Boys. And he co-wrote it with Brendan Keeley, who... So Jason Reynolds is a black author and Brendan Keeley is white and they co-wrote this book in two different perspectives. And so it follows Rashad, who is a black teenager who gets beat up by a cop at a like a mini mart over a misunderstanding. And Quinn, who is a white kid at the same school, they have mutual friends because Quinn is on the basketball team with some of Rashad's friends, but they don't know each other. But the cop who beats up Rashad is is kind of like a brother figure, an older brother figure for Quinn, who's like his best friend's older brother and who really like took care of him after Quinn's father died in Afghanistan. So it just takes place over a week like this the incident happens at the beginning of the novel and then it's like every day stuff happens. Um, Rashad is in the hospital most of the time and Quinn is at school and he had seen, he'd seen it happen. And so he is trying to like kind of reconcile like the person he thought he knew and the violence that he saw and the kind of like division that's happening about it over at school and on the basketball team. And then Rashad is in the hospital the whole time he is like a art, like a cartoonist, and so he's trying to figure out a way to kind of draw, draw it out. And then he's also watching the story play out on like television, like in a way where he doesn't have anything to say about like what happened to him. It's just like other people talking about it and kind of trying to figure out what he's gonna do about that. And he has, he was an, he's an ROTC kid. His father had been in the military and then a police officer. And um, so he feels that that kind of attention too, and he's like learning stuff about his family that he hadn't known. So it's it's really good, and it just goes back and forth. And I like I liked it. I was like, oh no wonder everyone's been talking about this book for five years, five seven years. It's I still think it's twenty twenty, <laughs> and it definitely like made me cry a little bit at the end yeah and it's interesting so jason reynolds and brendan keely had their first books come out at the same time um with the same publisher and were put on a tour together and that's how they met and so they were on this tour together when george zimmerman was acquitted um, for uh, killing trayvon martin and they had all these conversations about they felt like called to do something and the result was this book and so after they wrote this book, then they kept touring together, talking about the book at schools and libraries and bookstores and stuff. And it's interesting. So this book was published in 2015, and it felt very timely at the time. I read it this week, and it feels that way still. Like, they could have published this last year. Yeah. And Which says a lot. Yeah. Both uh, about the book <laughs> and about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing in it that felt dated or too like ripped from the headlines about it um it was just really good and they did a th- cool thing where it's like kind of at the beginning i was like n- uninterested kind of in quinn's part and it kept switching perspectives and then by the end i was really invested in his story too and 
it's just really good. I really would recommend it. They really cover, I think, all sides of like the argument about police violence and stuff, but also have like a real clear thesis or perspective too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just good. I really, you should read it. Maybe I will. So I think the last book we're going to talk about today is another one that Becky read or started. I also wanted to mention his other new book, which is in that bag too, the bag of Jason Reynolds books I have. It's called Aim Bernalda Bright. So Aim Bernalda Bright is the his latest book, and it is done with an artist called Jason Griffin, who he uh, is friends with, and they live together in New York after college. And it's interesting. This just came out in January. It's a fully illustrated, thick page, full cover book that is almost like a scrapbook where Jason Reynolds wrote three long sentences, like a poem. And then Jason Griffin took those and made them into this book in like pocket moleskins. Who, who, who published this book? So <laughs> I si- want to know Simon and Schuster published Simon this. and Schuster. I this book is a tr- is an amazing artifact to me because I think it speaks to just how much juice, how much sway uh, <laughs> Jason Reynolds has right now. He got a big house to publish like a giant, av- kind of avant garde, yeah. yeah, full color. You know, it's like glossy. Every page is full color glossy, and so it was it was made in like a moleskin notebook, and so he cut the sentences that Jason Reynolds out and like pasted them down and then did stuff like collage type of stuff with like tape and paint and it's just really interesting and it's kind of about this kid and his family um, it never says that it takes place in 2020 but I think you can read it and see that it does kind of like watching the news so they're talking about the pandemic they're talking about the protests against racism and police violence and it just really feels like a rumination on in a moment of time and it's really cool i liked it a lot it's quick you know it's like your every page has just got like just like a line of words on it so you're turning pages really fast but you don't want to miss all of the art either so it's kind of one you got to read a couple of times very interesting and like you said you can tell you know that they trust jason reynolds Oh, you can just publish what, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can publish what you want because we trust you mm-hmm. and trust that it will sell, which, I mean, I pre-ordered it. Yeah. So. And then his other new book, this came out last year in the fall, is called Stunt Boy in the Meantime. And this is a middle grade, I think a little younger than the other books he's done, like Ghost um, and the, the whole track series and a couple other middle grade books that he's done. This one is fully illustrated also by Raul Third. He's had a couple of really successful picture books. And right now I can't remember what they're called. We'll put them in show notes. Yeah. And this was really fun too. So I'm like hmm, a third of the way through. But it's about a kid who lives in an apartment building and he and his friend um, kind of create these superhero alter egos and his stunt boy and his superhero is like coming in and like taking the fall for other people. And so they develop it because his friend was going to get bullied by this mean kid who lives in the apartment building. And he like came in and distracted the kid so that it didn't happen. And then there's this joke where one man who lives in his apartment building was like almost going to fall down the stairs. We jumped in front of him and like fell down the stairs for him. <laughs> it's funny. And his parents 
are getting like a, a divorce. And so they tell him in some kind of roundabout way that they'll be getting two different apartments in the apartment building. And he's like, cool, two apartments. And so the point I am right now is like, I don't know that he's really understood what that means. But it's it's fun. And the illustrations are really, really fun. And there's illustrations on every page. And the format of the words, too, is really stylized and formatted around the illustrations. Almost like a comic book, but not. There's too many words. But it's fun. I recommend it. And it won recently a Schneider Award. Um, Stunt Boy has anxiety disorder. And he calls it the frets. He has a cat. Um, and the cat's name is like different name every day. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> and it, those the kind of jokes you're talking about sound familiar. Uh-huh. Well, I'm very pleased. I, I definitely think I'm going to read more. I was very pleased finally to to get introduced to an author that I knew, Becky Love, very, very much. And I'm definitely going to be able to recommend here in the library as much as I can. Yeah. So thank you for picking uh, Jason Reynolds. You're welcome. I feel like the beginning of the year is very heavy on like Becky's picks. It is. It is, but it's good. It's yeah. good. So, um, and the end of the year is, I think, more heavy on Heavy on Austin, Austin picks. picks. So if you, if you haven't listened to last month's episode, it's Helen Hong, the romance novelist. So Jason Reynolds this time. We're gearing up now for March for Beverly Cleary, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, native daughter, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. local local star. Uh, I think actually we're talking about uh, doing a deep dive in this weekend into Beverly Cleary via audiobook. Yeah, we're going to do the Ramona. I'm planning to read series. her memoir, A Girl from Yam Hill. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary. And you should do all these things too and yeah. and participate in the challenge. If you're just tuning in, you haven't been listening in a while. We're doing the R Shelf Challenge this year. Different uh, writer every month uh, across a broad spectrum of ages, styles, you know, backgrounds. Genres. And and each one comes with a number of fun challenges that you can do. And if you do mm-hmm. a certain number of those. So each author has a, a, like a number of activities you can do. And you have to do two of the activities to earn the badge. And then if you earn all 12 badges by the end of the year, then you'll be entered to win a prize. And the activities for each bad- badge are like read this book or read a different book. Watch this documentary. Yeah, watch an listen adaptation. Listen to this. Listen to our podcast is one of the two things you can do yeah. every month. So yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, folks. So Beverly Cleary, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say a quick word? I was thinking before we go, we got to get going here, but a quick word about what else we're reading, what else is going on. You reading anything else, Becky? Or you just been Jason Reynolds all the way? No, I've been reading Caroline Dooner's new book, um, Tired as F. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, she wrote much anticipated. Yeah, by me <laughs> and and many people, particularly on Instagram. <laughs> but she wrote the F Diet and published that a few years ago. And she writes about kind of the intersection of diet culture, hustle culture, self-help culture, and how it just made her tired and burn out. And it's probably doing that to you too. And you don't deserve it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, The book I'm reading right now is Breathing Fire by Jamie Lowe. Jamie Lowe is somebody I've had my eye on for a while. She's done 
contributions to Radio Lab and This American Life. Uh, written a couple of books before. One of them I think is about mental health and lithium. About she like I know this was a magazine piece too because she's bipolar and reliant on lithium. So she got interested in being reliant on this mineral, and so she went to like where they mine lithium. It was it was really cool. But anyway. Breathing Fire is her excellent book, um, investigative journalism around female uh, inmate firefighters in California fighting the wildland fires. Just tremendous. So I'm definitely going to put be putting that on our staff picks shelf. Wonderful. And with that. Any final words? I don't think so. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to your shelf. Or mine. I'm Becky. I'm Austin. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now. Support for Your Shelf or Mine comes from the friends of the Longview Public Library, the Longview Library Foundation, and listeners like you. Your Shelf or Mine jingle is written and performed by Megan McKeldery from A Song for You. Find Megan online at ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldery. That's M-E-A-G-H-A-N-M-C-E-L-D-E-R-R-Y. ReverbNation.com slash Megan McKeldery. You have to remember to talk really close into the microphone. Sit right on top of it. Like right now I'm pressing my face into the shield. Well, that's just because you're...